when we get the physical under control, we naturally gravitate to the next mountain to climb. And it's hard to climb those other mountains until we have mastery of the physical self. Welcome to the Meant for More podcast. I'm your host, Charity Majors, author, speaker, community builder, recovering plant killer, wife, mom, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur that dream chases God's way. My journey has taken me a lot of different places from being a broke telemarketer to an event planner, to a personal trainer, a cover model, and even top six in the world in pageants. But I was actually paralyzed by fear, found my worth in what I did, not who I was, and had a massive limiting belief that kept me playing small, always had me feeling like I wasn't good enough or that I was too much, and that God had somehow forgotten to call me and give me a purpose. A handful of years ago, I found myself in a puddle of tears on the bathroom floor, buried in brokenness and shame from a huge season of loss. And in that moment, God came and sat with me, told me that I wasn't broken, that he didn't need to fix me, and he didn't have a seven-step plan to get me out of my whatever, like most of the personal development world will tell you. What he actually did was invited me on a beautiful healing journey while infusing a solid identity as well as massive belief into me, giving me the unique perspective that we are all here on purpose for a purpose out of all of eternity for just a time as this. This is where the movement and the message of Meant For More was birthed from. And now as an author, speaker, and transformational facilitator, and a woman called to be a prophetic voice in today's world, I'm on a mission to not just help other faith-filled women walk fully alive in their God-given identity, but to speak to those who feel like they are waiting for a seat at the table and for God to finally choose them. I'm on a mission to not just ignite their purpose, your purpose, but to equip you to take your pain, turn it into your purpose, help you give yourself permission and to take it to the platform so that God's goodness can be put on display and that earth can look a lot more like heaven. Because of this, I actually want to feature you and your meant for more moment on the podcast. All you've got to do is text me the word moment to 833-231-8098 to share your story with me for the chance to have it read on the show and to give you a shout out. I believe it's time for us as women to stop safely hiding in the background and simply managing our dreams. God is calling his daughters up and out and the time is now for those of us who are called to influence culture, AKA modern day revivalists, Esther's Debra's, giant killers, dream chasers, and believers of a big God who can do big things. Each week, I'll bring you a guest interview, a quick thought, or stories from our listeners that will help you ignite the purpose inside of you and dare to dream the big, crazy, amazing dreams that God has placed on your heart because you are meant for more. This is a safe place where we can be seen, heard, known, belong, and have a seat at the table. It's where we believe that the places you have been silenced, God is calling you to be a voice. It's where we think you have been held back, God wants you to step out. It's where the places you've played small, God wants to do big things. It's where we believe the places your light has been dimmed, you are called to arise and shine. It's where you'll find yourself between the unforced rhythms of grace and the pursuit of the big God dreams on your heart. If your spirit feels alive while hearing this, then you know this is where you belong. We dare you to stop living in partial potential and dare you to do all that God is calling you to do. Your yes to igniting your purpose and daring to be all that God has called you to be is the entrance point to the greatest adventure of your life and you're meant for it. 
Welcome to Meant For More. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Meant For More podcast. I'm your host, Charity Majors. And today's episode, we have a special guest on here. Her name is Sherry Fernandez. She is not only a local Idaho woman who her and I, we've actually have known each other um, for years and years. So it's so fun to reconnect, but she is the author of the USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller called Life Mastery, Personal progression towards an infinite potential. And Sherry talks about the magic of what happens even in the small daily habits that we do, even as moms, as busy women, as busy people, that the daily habits that we do are really what makes the biggest difference. She shares about her childhood family chaos and uh, just the instability that she went through and how she was actually able to bring, to come back together and to really help create a healthy marriage, an incredible family. And she knew that she was destined for great things. So make sure that you grab your pen and paper. You are going to enjoy this episode. And thanks again for being here on the Meant for More podcast. Welcome to the Meant for More podcast. Today's guest, Sherry Fernandez, excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Charity. Yeah. Nice well, to I'm, see you again. You too. I'm excited to dive on in. So why don't you actually share a little bit about, um, right. Cause everyone, like they heard your bio, they heard how, all the great things that you're up to life mastery, this, um, beautiful message that you have, but it wasn't always that way. So I'd actually love for you to share this. You're meant for more moment, that moment where it was like, gosh, like what I'm doing, I know that there's more for me in store. And you took the messy, imperfect action of this life mastery journey that you have been on. So let's talk a little bit about your meant for more moment. That's kind of a two-part thing. I was, uh, I was when my parents were divorced, ni- early 1960s. And I was just this little ragamuffin child of seven, eight, nine years old, wandering the streets of this little town in Utah. And I, I just that kind of all went over my head. Most, I mean, I knew that we, we were in trouble. <laughs> it was no big secret. The family was in trouble. And um, my mom had left my dad with four little girls and she wasn't very well equipped to do that, but it didn't seem to affect me very much. But I remember wandering around and thinking there's more for me. And also I came to realize there must be a God in heaven because I knew that I was special and I just, I not more for me. I guess that was really your language. I'd say, what I would say was um, I knew I was somebody special. I just figured there was some great things in store for me. I'm not sure what built that in me. Maybe it was the movies I went and watched, spent afternoons at the movie theaters and all that kind of thing. Or maybe it was just, I think it was more innate though. And just, well, I was going to do, I didn't know what great things looked like. I mean, it was only a little girl, but I just knew that I was somebody special and there were great things for me. Nothing stayed with me, however... I didn't live it very well as far as my teenage years and young adult years. I was uh, lived in that, it was the early 70s, and I lived that lifestyle. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, as we said back in the day. <laughs> and um, so it came back to me. I mean, it didn't never leave me that I was somebody special. I had great things. I always felt that. I didn't do anything about it. And then I found myself, I had a child, and a little later met Ken, we got married. 
So now I'm, and I'm have another baby. <laughs> I've got two babies. I have two little girls. I eventually had six kids, but I had these two little girls. And uh, I just wanted everything. We had nothing. We were so, so poor. Like, it, we just worked like dogs just to put food on the table. We worked so hard just to survive. But I, that feeling that there was more for me, and I wanted it all. Not all in the terms of material things, like I want a yacht. But I wanted to have no cap on my my finances. I wanted to have a... a People have my babies and have a really good body. I wanted to make up for the education that I lost, but I wanted to self-educate. I didn't want to go back to school at that point. I didn't feel like being jumping through those hoops, but I just wanted everything that there was to have out there in life. And uh, I went to work trying to figure out how to do that. But the, so the real moment of change was in that early married. This is, there's got to, I want more out of life than to just struggle to make ends meet. And so that, that was the beginning. I started to find the answers and put them to work and. The things I teach now are the things I put to work, the things I learned to do that. Mm, that's so good. I love that. So what were some of the things that you learned in your journey? Because I know I actually have a lot of like women and moms that listen to this show. And sometimes it can be really easy to just feel like the mundane and the little things of laundry and wiping boogers off of the noses and the poopy diapers and not very many people did more of that than I did. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I had six of them. You know, I think it's. Uh, um, I want to say this. I feel t- totally blessed to be a woman, and totally blessed that I was able to be home with my children and raise them. And I had plenty of other things I was doing, things I was involved in, but I was mostly home. What besides being with my children, it gave me a great opportunity for personal development. My time was my own. I just had to discipline myself, right? I had to get up early and make sure I use my time well because six kids is a lot. Yeah. But it gave me time to work out, to read, to study, to develop myself, to develop my talents. And uh, so that was a great blessing. I think those daily habits, those daily things, well, not the habits. The habits, of course, what makes your life improve. But those daily mundane things you call, depends on why you're doing them. You can look at them as mundane or you can look at them as service to God and to your family and if they'll bless for the opportunity, it's not going to make the laundry more fun exactly, but it gives you a little higher purpose. Yeah, if you remember what your your why, remember why you're doing it. Mm, I and, love and all life is mundane. Every job, you know, people ask, "This is too mundane. I'm going to go get a job." Well, every job's got mundane things in it, right? Paperwork to do, forms to fill out. There's wherever you work, there's mundane things. Yeah. Well, I love what you said. Like that's finding, I would say even like the sacredness or just shifting the perspective of, of the mundane. I know sometimes for me, it's, you know, like even while I'm doing the dishes, I like to blast like some, a podcast or uh, my favorite music or whatever that might mean. And it really is that just shift of perspective in the mundane that actually makes it really sacred. So talk to me about a little bit about what in kind of those early seasons of motherhood, of this growth period where you went, really went after growing yourself, what did your daily discipline look like? The first thing, I was very undisciplined. I could not show up two days, two classes in a row in high school with a pen. (laughs) I couldn't even keep track of a pen, never did homework. I just had so little self-discipline. I was a championship debater. So if I really cared about something, I did it. But to just take care of business, I was terrible. So I knew that I needed some disciplines. And I had gone from, I just, I was a very, probably in the beginning throes of alcoholism when I, when I made this shift and we both of us quit drinking. We knew we were, our marriage wouldn't survive if we kept drinking. So I did that pretty early on, but now I'm left with, you know, no disciplines at all. And I wanted a rich spiritual life 
and some of these other things. So I started, I knew I needed to do something. I, be, I learned when I was a little girl to pray. And a lot of that was the disaster my family was in. I was looking for some help. That was that coming to God when I was a little girl thing. But I, I needed to pray in the morning. I needed to spend time in my scriptures every day. And I needed to, uh, I wanted to write in a journal. Those were the first three. So I made my son, and I did a lot of personal development study. And I listened to all the great, the great, the great ones like the Jim Rohns and the, the Zig Ziglar's and the Earl Nightingale's and all of those guys and went to seminars. We scratched up the money. I don't even know how to attend a lot of seminars. So I was highly motivated, but nobody ever told me how. So I finally said, I've got to find a system. And I just made a little, like a child's chart, kind of only it was a three by five card. I wrote down the disciplines I wanted on the left hand. I call this a tracking sheet now. They're free on my website, by the way, lifemasteryinfo.com. You can give them. I give them away. I've given them away. Every website I've had, every business I've had, I have given these things away because I so believe in them. But just a little tracking sheet to put the days of the month across the top. And I checked it off as I did them every day. And I put up where everybody could see it. So there was some, I used my pure, <laughs> I used my pride a little bit as an accountability partner because I didn't have anything else. I didn't want to see my chart not filled out, right? So I, I just developed, and I have those habits to this day. I developed those habits then. I was in my 20s. I'm 66 now, and I have done those same habits every day, all my life for four, for four decades, or a little more than four decades. And then, of course, I've added more with time. I've added working out, and now I have, I track about 10 to 12, depending on what I want to do that month, 10 to 12 items that I track every day. That for tracking, developing campus and really it's all success really all about habits right whether it's the habit of saving the habit of working out or the habit of praying it's really all about what you do every day and so to have the best life possible tracking is the bomb for keeping those habits you have to have the habits and you have the habit of tracking everything else sort of takes care of itself you can kind of keep all the other habits so what would you say some of the areas of tracking would be valuable for someone um, if they do want to, to grow. Uh, I don't put that. <laughs> when I work with clients. I don't put those where I don't put, I don't make those things up for them. I let them choose. However, having said that, I'll say, what do you want to accomplish? What, what do you want to be better in? What kind of habits do you want? But they'll inevitably pick from four or five things to start with. And usually two or three of these things, uh, often prayer. It's amazing. I have had clients of every kind of religious background, that you can think of. And I have yet to find a client who doesn't want to pray. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't matter what religion they come from or none at all. They seem to all want to pray. Often, a lot of them want to meditate. Uh, that would be a really good one too. And one I would advise. Um, I keep this journal. I don't know if that was that important, but now I'm doing it for four decades. I don't think I'll quit now. Um, some kind of devotional. And then of course, physical activity every day. So those are usual basics. Then a lot of them will have some weekly goals, um, weekly tracking things, saving money, um, reading a book a week, that kind of thing. But I don't put it, I, I let them decide. I'm not, I'm not here to say, here's the habits you should have. But I do say this, if you want to be successful in life, it has to be well-rounded. If you put all of your energy, I won't work with people who just want, I could do business coaching or fitness coaching, but I won't work with people just in one area because if they put all their energy into that one thing, then something else is going to suffer if we're not working on everything, right? If I want this goal so badly and to make my business work and I'm not working on my character, I might be tempted to cut a corner, right? And lose something, or I might neglect my relationships and lose something there. So unless we're at least aware, not balanced, because there's no perfect balance, but at least aware of our 
physical, our spiritual, our educational, our finances, our, our vocation, our, our lifestyle, our character, all these things are important that we need to have life mastery is having a handle on all those things, not being perfect at them, but make sure that we're not neglecting one of those areas that we're advancing in all areas, not evenly all the time, but always moving forward. It's not a personal um, progression is where happiness comes from, but it's not personal progression. If something's missing, it has mm. to be well-rounded. So good. I do Can... my clients work on all, all those areas. I won't work on just one. And I yeah. could every one of those areas. I could coach somebody in just one, but I won't do it. So can you name those areas again? That's what they're, that's a really great list. So I don't miss one. I'm going to read them. It's on the, on the back of the book. They're, they're kind of listed there. This is the back of the life mastery book. So I'm going to read them right off there. So I don't miss one. Love it's it. Physical. I start with the physical because um, people, when we, when we get the physical under control, we naturally gravitate to the next, the next mountain to climb. And it's hard to climb those other mountains until we have mastery of the physical, the physical self. So I learned that uh, while I owned Fitmania that um, it almost in most cases, people need to master the physical first. And I don't know all the reasons why I think it's easy to track, easy to measure, but it's hard to feel control of your life. If you're, if your body's out of control, if your appetites are out of control. So physical first, and of course we're spiritual self as well. And, and regardless of what kind of religious background you have, everybody needs to grow spiritually. I liked what Ryan Holiday said. He said, if our body was numb, we'd be alarmed, but and we'd go right to the doctor. But a lot of us are walking around spiritually numb and we're not even concerned. Yeah. <laughs> so spiritual. Then, of course, relationships. It's all, you know, really at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. God, spouse, children, everybody, and just people generally. Uh, education, which is uh, not necessarily formal education. Jim Rohn said, uh, formal education make you, can make you a living. Self-education can make you make you a fortune. And we found that to be true. We're self-educated and we've got a fortune. Uh, money, vocation, lifestyle, and character. So there's eight of those. There's an assessment on the on the website too that you can uh I really like it's very effective and uh it's free also. You can download that at lifemasteryinfo.com. It's totally free and you can evaluate yourself. A lot of people will come to talk to me and say, I'll say, what do you think is most important? Well, my family, for example, or God, whatever it is. And then when they look at the assessment, they realize they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're important to them in their heart, but in re- real time, they're not working on those areas. So that assessment can help you evaluate how you're doing. It's not a complete personality assessment, but just give you a little idea how you're doing. No, I love that. Cause I think that it, that can really help identify the disconnects, right? Like the disconnects of where we say, oh yeah, this thing is important to me, but I'm not intentionally like spending time or energy or effort working towards those things. And so it's, there's can be that disconnect. So where in your life and your journey where maybe you are working on mastering one of these things, right. And it's, and I know it's journey, right. we never really arrived by any means. Um, where in your life did you, experience maybe the disconnect of one of those places and what did you do intentionally to fill the gap um, to really help repair or to grow that area again this is just a little thing but I think it's really it's really um, I think it's very uh, insightful into human nature so I've been in fitness and 
got involved in fitness when I decided I was not going to look like Barbie naturally. I was going to have to do something about it in my late twenties. Um, and so I, there's not a lot I don't know about I mean, There's things I don't know, obviously, but there's not a lot I don't know about health and fitness. And um, I was always a great water drinker. Well, about 15 years ago now, probably maybe a little less, I had a fun, fun duplication surgery on my esophagus. And at, from that point on, it was difficult to drink water. But in my mind, I'm this great water drinker. Now I have this business. I teach people how much water to drink. I ask them, are you getting enough water? And I bring my water bottle to work every day. And I was having some physical difficulties. And so I, my doctor said, I want to do some blood work. The nurse comes the next day and she says, Sherry, you're dehydrated. I'm like, you're mistaken. <laughs> I am not dehydrated because I am a water drinker. Hey friend, I'm going to dive in here with a quick little interruption of the episode. I know you're loving it, but I actually wanted to share a resource that I think would be super, super practical and valuable and applicable to what we are talking about. And this can actually fit perfectly within your morning routine. Now, if you have been around this podcast for a little while, or if you hang out with me on Instagram, you know that I wrote a devotional, but it wasn't just any devotional. It was a card deck. And it's called the Devo deck. And it is this prophetic um, kind of a worship and a verse and an affirmation or an identity statement combination of a deck where it really guides you into an intimate place with God of who you are, of who he says you are, and the identity that you have in him. And I actually want to text you five free cards sent right to you for the next five mornings so that you can even work on these morning rituals and these morning devotionals right away. So if you just text me the word Devo, that's D-E-V-O, like short for devotional, to the number 833-231-8098. I will text you your very first card. Again, it's going to have your identity statement. There's going to be a message on there right from the heart of God. It's going to have a verse for you to listen to or for you to read as well as a song for you to listen to. And again, this is going to help you in that morning ritual time to be able to grow spiritually, to grow um, in your identity of who you are, of whose you are, of what God says about you, what heaven says about you, which is the most important thing. So again, all you have to do is text me the word Devo to 833-231-8098. And I will text you for the next five days, your morning devotional. All right, now back to the show. So then I went back and then we're talking, this is on a dozen years now since I've had the surgery, right? And I knew that I had some trouble drinking for a while, but I went back and I actually looked how often my water bottle went back home full. And I had to look at that and say, oh, I, th- I had this idea I was a certain way. But I, when I had stopped and actually looked and measured it, I was not. Now, that's just a little thing. I was definitely dehydrated, by the way. <laughs> that's just a little thing. But it was, it's true in our nature everywhere. We think, oh, I, I really... Um, love my family. I mean, they're the most important things to me. Well, when was the last time you took your kids in 
to bed, right? When was last time you went on a date with your spouse? What was the last time you spent time with them? Well, really busy and spending all this time at work, right? There's a disconnect. This is my, I'm doing this for my family. Well, but you're neglecting your family. And that's a bigger, much bigger example. But it's, we always kid ourselves. All of us do it. It's just so human. We see ourselves differently than what's real. So getting the, developing the ability to stop and look at your life and say, is this true? Is this really true? Am I really doing what I think I'm doing? And that's a uh, self-evaluation that we all need to do regularly or we do kid ourselves. Mm, I love that so much. From that too. Everybody does it. Absolutely. Everybody does it. Yeah. That's so good. It's like really looking at that area and saying, okay, is this really true? Or is this something that I'm just wanting to be true or telling myself that's true? Or, and I love that, that you have something practical that can help identify those disconnects so that we can actually be truthful with ourselves, with those around us, with our bodies, with our mindsets, with our spirituality, with those things that we want to grow in. Was there a time in your life where you, where there were maybe some relationships, um, or your family or spouse or something, um, besides just water, that there was a disconnect, um, that you had to really get honest with yourself about. And what did you do to change that? Um, with my relationships, uh, to go back a little bit, I had, I was the oldest of these eventually five children. My mother had another one and because things were out of control it did not look attractive to me my mother's been married four five five times my dad four um I did not plan to get married and I did not plan to have children <laughs> but then I had a child didn't plan on it and then I thought this child deserves a father and then one thing comes next thing I know I've got six kids and and people who who know me when I was younger still are like I cannot believe I don't get me either <laughs> I look around the table and think where'd you all come from I go through I, think, I remember you having you I remember having you I remember having you I guess I had you all um so because of that, I was very, very conscious about my relationships. Uh, when I got married, I thought, if I'm going to do this, I mean, I really thought it was like going to be like a torturous thing. It was like going to the dentist, some things you just have to do. Um, and of course, I have found the richest fulfillment in human existence in my marriage. We have just a, a fabulous marriage. And um, so I hear comments on that all the time. People say, you guys have, nobody has marriage like you do. It's true. We have this fabulous marriage. But that's because I was so anxious not to have the kind of marriages my parents had I made sure and I read all the books and I developed all things so in my marriage um and Ken and Ken the same he didn't come from a very happy marriage either we were very very invested in that and our kids one time I do remember though uh, my fourth child and he's a boy and we had four girls and a boy and he was young and I was really devolved, involved in this personal development program and I let some things go with him, like it was soccer season. I didn't make it to his games and some things like that. And uh, I knew that I needed to come back. And, and that might be kind of what you're talking about. And I said, okay, I, I put my priorities in the wrong place. Uh, and I need to come back and, and make up for that. I don't know if I could ever make up for it, but recommit to my family and to my kids. I got caught up in something. So that's probably more what you're talking about is, getting off track, getting caught up in the wrong thing and letting something important go. And we do that, but we just need to not do it very often, very long. So how do we keep kind of just on the same topic like that, almost like a short leash or that self-awareness where, okay, if yes, these things are most important to me 
and right. And okay, I'm going to work on this thing, like to help bring this thing up, right? Maybe it's spirituality, maybe it's education, maybe it's money and what happens to the other things. So how do we kind of maintain this growth of each aspect when we're only one person? Is there grace available, right? Like when things like, oh, I miss my kid's soccer practice, like, okay, like I'm going to give myself grace because I am also human and just a person. And right. So let's, let's have a little yeah, bit of that conversation. Is, yes, that's good. And by the way, it wasn't a soccer practice. I missed miss the entire season. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> So that was worth it. Soccer practice had been a little bit different, but um, you know, I, and I was young, you know, that was a really long time ago, but a couple of things. I know some people who really are very good. Some of the people that I admire who are very good at doing weekly, monthly, yearly evaluations of where they're at and they cover all the areas and say, how am I doing? I don't do it that formally. I did do a retreat a couple of years ago, which was awesome. I'll probably do another one in January um, and evaluate that, but I do have an ongoing um, evaluation. Well, I work with people. So I have to ask myself too, as I'm going through the eight areas with them, how am I doing? Um, I'm, I have a, um, it's just a habit with me now to be looking all the time, checking it out. And I think that's just where you have to get to. You have to just stop and not get so caught up in the, in the everyday stuff that you don't take time, uh, to look at it. This is why prayer is important. Meditation is important. Personal development time in the morning. Everybody that I know that I admire who is very successful, has morning, the personal development time, devotional time, meditation time, and they don't miss it. They get up early and they just do whatever early is for them. Early for them, we're, we're retired now. Early is a lot later now. Than it used to. But <laughs> yeah, they, I don't like, I'm not a part of the 5 a.m. club. I don't like the 5 a.m. club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I used to, not anymore. But that, that time is your time to self-reflect, right? And you're looking at your goal, you're reviewing your goals, you're reviewing your tracking sheet. And if you're doing that all, every morning, you're not going to get off very far if you've got that time with the people who are when it gets away from you is when you're hit, hit the road off to work off the workout not taking that personal time that's when it's going to get away from you. and you'll lose important things for sure if you don't take that time to work on yourself among young moms you said you're talking to mothers um with that are like oh, i've got all these kids and i don't have time to take care of myself i don't have time to work out and they're running they're running themselves ragged and i'll ask them this question i'll ask your mothers this question too if your daughter was doing what you're doing when she's your age, would you be happy about it? And they are often appalled. They're like, no way. If my daughter wore themselves out and did take care of themselves, I would be very unhappy about it. Well, well, you're God's daughter and he's not happy about it either. We need to take care of ourselves, put our own oxygen mask on first, so to speak, and make sure that we put ourselves as a priority, our basic needs. Uh, and part of that is some self-evaluation in the day to make sure we don't get too far off track. We'll be better mothers, better, better human beings, better friends if we take care of those personal things. Just the basics, the, the, the devotional time, the quiet time, the self-evaluation time every day. Yeah, I love that. I kind of like to say that that's the like you button the top button first, right? Instead of like starting from somewhere yeah, like in that. the middle. Right. Otherwise the buttons can get all like your shirt gets all wonky. And so yeah, it's that's like a good one. I like that. That's less, that's less worn out than the oxygen mask thing, although that room does really work. But yeah, that's a good one. I love it. Well, if you were to be able to give as we round this out, um, give someone maybe 
three very easy and practical things that someone could do to start their journey of self-mastery and then make sure that people know where they can find you, grab a copy of your book. Um, again, you've got those great little tracking sheets and handouts, so we can make sure to have all of that in the show notes as well. But if you were right, someone is on their journey of, of self-mastery, what are maybe some three easy things that you could advise them on to take action on today? One thing that trips people up, I think, is they think there's this big chasm between where they're at and where they want to be. And like, I don't know how to cross it. It's what you do every day, just the little tiny steps. And this is where happiness comes from. We all know that when we're not moved, we're in, we're stuck, we feel unhappy or we're backsliding, we feel unhappy. The opposite is true, moving forward. It just has to be the littlest bit. So take one step forward. I would suggest you pick one to three habits that are important to you and track them and just start moving forward and don't expect great miracles. The first week, you know, as humans, we grow slowly. Uh, we take, we grow a little bit every day. There's no shortcuts. It's the consistency of growth. So just start somewhere and with one habit, pick one habit or two habits. If it's just brushing your teeth every day or flossing or whatever, just one, two, three habits and start today and then do it again tomorrow and tomorrow until you've got those down, then add another one, another one. But just start today with the littlest thing. It's just so simple. The, everyone's talking about wanting to change things. We're, we're stomp our feet about inequality and we stomp our feet about this going on in the government, this going on in the media and this going on in the world. And all we really can do is change our, our relationships. Our, this person's irritating me. This person at work is like this. The thing you can do to make the world, to change the world is to change yourself. And it's really the only thing you can do, but it has a ripple effect. You change you even a little bit even a little bit and you put a dent in the universe and the ripple effect will go out and touch the lives of other people. So just start with something. Don't try to do it all the first day, just one, two, three habits and start there. Get the tracking sheet, lifemasteryinfo.com. The book life mastery, which actually looks like this on the front is on Amazon. You can also get, I'm doing a book signing on Saturday in Boise. Uh, you can pick up a signed copy there. You can pick up signed copies of the hardback on our website. Um, and then the, all the information is the downloads are on the website, lifemasterinfo.com. And I'm about one to two weeks away from releasing the audiobook, which really rocks. I this guy that put it together is awesome. It's got some, I think it's so well done. I'm just so really excited about that. So the audiobook will be available before Christmas for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I do have to ask what, so if you guys so obviously this is a podcast, so you can't necessarily see the picture of the book, but it has a pine cone on the front of it. And I'm curious to hear the story behind the pine cone. Well, it's actually or an <laughs> acorn. It's actually a um, redwood coniferous cone, which is a little bit different and they're very small and they're like about an inch tall is all they are. And so here, you, if you've ever stood at the foot of the redwoods, have you seen the redwoods, Cherry? You've been yes, there? Yes, they're incredible. And you can't stand behind, low, beneath them and just think, it's like, it's like the movie, it's moving, isn't it? Ken tells, the biggest building in Boise, 17 story, Ken tells me that he grew up in the redwoods, that those first growth redwoods can be three times as big as the Zions Bank downtown, the 17 floors, right? And what does it come from? It comes from this one inch cone, which inside it is this tiny seed that can become a redwood and humans are like that. We have the seeds of greatness within us. Now, most of the pine cones rot mold in the ground and most humans end up with their, most of their potential unused. 
but we can use it if we can just get the right soil and the right conditions. But the thing, we can create that. And so I use that as a symbol for personal growth, for human development. I love that. So great. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for your time, for your expertise. And everyone, I'll make sure to have all of the show notes and links and where you can get into Sherry's world and grab her book and grab the fun tracking sheets and all that stuff. So check that out. Sherry, thank you again for being here and congratulations on your book launch and your Audible book and the book signing. And I'm excited for you and the lives that you're going to change. Thanks, Charity. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Nice to see you again, too. (laughs) You too.